welcome to the National Trust podcast. I'm Michelle Douglas, podcast producer at the National Trust. Today we're heading to Manchester, a metropolis famous for its football, music and industrial history. But you might not know that in the centre of the city lies a very unusual green oasis. Because to find this hidden garden, you've got to look up. This is really unusual, this garden. is in the heart of one of the busiest cities in the country. It's on a 19th century viaduct. I'd describe this as secret gardens in the sky. With around 2.8 million people living here, Manchester's currently the UK's second most populated urban area after London. And right in the heart of this northwestern metropolis, rising up out of centuries of construction, is a green cloud above the city. The Castlefield Viaduct Garden is one of the newest sites in Manchester's skyline. This contemporary urban park reveals a hidden story of British history, industrial innovation and community. Where we are is where Manchester began. So the Romans come here in AD 79, which is a pretty significant date in its own right, because that's when Vesuvius blew up and killed Pompeii and Herculaneum. Historical tour guide and writer Jonathan Schofield has been showing people around Manchester for nearly 30 years. Today, he's starting at the beginning of the story, at the site of the ancient Roman fort, Mamukium. The Roman fort disappeared largely through industrialisation, so there's very little left. There's this one tiny bit of genuine, genuine Roman fort. What you can see here was a reconstruction of the north gate of the Roman fort. It would have been a fort that was military, then outside it grew a town. The neighbouring settlement, known as a vicus, meaning village, serves as a home for the soldiers and their families, and it attracts merchants from all corners of the Roman Empire. I mean, they have furnaces, workshops, one of the earliest evidence of Christian worship found here. Centuries later, the city of Manchester earns its place in history once more. In the 1760s, it opens a new transport network that would change British industry, the canal system. So you get to the lower end of Castlefield to where you have the canals because the problem was the roads were terrible. That one connected us to the west coast. This one went over the hills and connected to the navigable river system of Yorkshire and took you to the east coast. They would be carrying everything, foodstuffs, raw materials to manufacture stuff, everything you can. The next century brings an even more powerful age of transport, with Manchester right at the forefront. But something else happened here first, which is the Liverpool's Manchester Railway. On September the 15th, 1830, the Liverpool to Manchester Railway opens for the first time to great excitement. On the opening day, it begins with blood. William Huskisson from Liverpool, he doesn't understand trains and how quickly they move and unfortunately he can't get out of the way quick enough and he runs over his leg and he dies. Despite tragedy on the first day, the new railway system is a huge success. For the first time, goods and people can travel between two major cities in mass 
land at speeds of up to 35 miles or 56 kilometers per hour. In the following years, railway engineers construct a network of viaducts across the city. You've got these ludicrously massive steel and iron bridges, huge columns. And in 1891, construction commences on a magnificent 17-metre-high, 330-metre-long steel viaduct, built by the same engineers behind the iconic Blackpool Tower. This bridge would become known as the Castlefield Viaduct. Through the 19th and into the 20th century, Manchester's industry grows and its population swells. One former resident who grew up in the city's railway workers' houses in the 1950s remembers what life was like in the close community. I came off a family of eight children, plus my mother's sister. I'm Beverly Smee. I was born in Deansgate, I believe it's called Castlefield now, and I have very fond memories of the place. The house that we lived in only had gaslight, and that was downstairs, and candlelight on the rest of the rooms. There's no such thing as television, so consequently we kept ourselves entertained on the streets. Games like hopscotch, hide and seek, tig, or draw a snake across your back, I don't know if you've heard that. My elder siblings would come home and say that they'd been to the wharf jumping from barge to barge, and I always wanted to go because I thought, oh, that sounds like a wondrous place. However, we did jump from cart to cart on the horses and carts, which were parked up at the goods yard. My father worked for the railway, and he drove a horse and cart, and his horse was called Mary, and we loved that horse. I remember one time it tried coming up the lobby. It was pulling a cart at the time. <laughs> it tried to get into the house and it frightened the life out of me because all I could see was this massive head round this door. My mother forever complaining that they were slum houses and she was so sorry when we did get moved out of that house. It was a very, very close-knit community. In the 1960s, the viaduct railway system closes down for good and the Castlefield viaduct lies abandoned for 60 years. For years, residents imagined what this hulking, derelict railway viaduct looked after by the Department of Transport might be repurposed into to benefit the city. And then, well, I was part of a campaign in 2007 where I suggested, why don't we use it as a garden? And took a while, but seems to be on the way now. In 2020, after months of negotiations, fundraising and paperwork, the National Trust confirms a year-long pilot project that will transform the viaduct into a free-access urban garden. Here's Duncan Laird, Head of Urban Places at the National Trust. We drew a little bit of inspiration from other projects around the globe that have turned redundant heritage into spaces that people can visit and have a moment of joy. The New York High Line is perhaps one of the biggest projects in the world that is similar to Castlefield Viaduct. It's an elevated walkway and park within the heart of New York welcomes millions of tourists a year, as well as serving the local community. 
So that one, I think, is a real diamond in terms of these type of projects. But as the team would find out, a big idea like the Castlefield Viaduct brings big challenges. Here's National Trust Programme Manager Dimna Gould. This is one of the most ambitious projects for the National Trust in November 2021. All the permissions were in place and then it was, OK, let's go. The work is accelerated by the urgent need for urban green spaces highlighted in lockdown. A date is set, July 2022. And in spring, work begins. In March, Manchester and Cheshire Construction came on site and they had literally four months to take it from the abandoned, disused railway viaduct to the wonderful secret gardens. As work begins, Castlefield Viaduct holds a press day inviting people to walk on the structure for the first time. The old railway has been taken over by Budlier plants. A few empty bottles are scattered around. The strong, latticed ironwork is rusting and flaking. But it's possible to see the potential of what this site could be. National Highways manages the UK's disused rail network tracks, but few of these retired railways get a chance of a new lease of life. Here's Director Richard Marshall. From our point of view at National Highways, we've got over 3,000 structures in our portfolio with the historical railways estate, but this is going to be a signature item. To preserve this sort of industrial heritage is so important. One resident who's been eagerly anticipating the opening of the viaduct is Lou Pullin, vice-chair of residence group Castlefield Forum. And we've been gazing up towards this structure for about 10 years, hoping that someday something would happen. This is actually the second time I came onto the viaduct. I must add that the first time I cried, happy tears. Clearly, there's a lot of groundwork to be done, but, you know, everyone loves a challenge. But not all the locals are so enthusiastic about having a park in the sky. No, I wouldn't visit it. Better things to do, just, you know, enjoy myself, play on my Xbox, something like that, rather than look at plants on an old bridge. There's a lot to do between now and July to give this old bridge a full makeover. Here's Dimna Gould. We had to create a whole new walkway. We couldn't bring heavy machinery onto the viaduct, so we had to crane up the event building and these huge structures which would contain the wonderful planting. And for a Victorian-age viaduct, a little thought needed to get it ready for the 21st century. He had these real practicalities, getting broadband up here, electrical supplies... And then there's the staff to consider. People who could take tours, who could talk about the history, fundraisers, gardeners. The gardeners didn't get on site till eight weeks before we opened. I think you'd be looking at two years easily to develop it. It was black rubble, diggers, kind of a wasteland I'm Amy Watson and I'm the gardener at Castlefield Viaduct. It was pretty much a building site that we had to get ready incredibly quickly because the first stage is the pilot project. It's more of a kind of show garden planting, so it's all very instant wow. 
We also had all of our partner gardens move in. Oh, we've had so many existential crises up here. Growing a container garden on a bridge in 40 degree heat with no water source was a real challenge. We were schlepping 100 litre containers of water up and down the bridge to try and keep these trees alive. We planted 7,000 bulbs with our volunteers. I was so excited to garden somewhere that didn't have rabbits or squirrels or any of the usual pests, but rats ransacked our plantings. There have been interesting urban gardening learns for sure. In the middle of all that, it landed in the press, but it landed so well. Manchester Evening News were on it from the start, The Guardian, The Telegraph. It just caught people's imagination. But then you had the pressure of that audience from the Metrolink almost on a daily basis going, the Rana can see something's happening. So we felt the weight of expectancy on us. We opened our bookings to the public a couple of weeks before the end of July opening. All the tickets were free. You didn't have to be a National Trust member. And the booking system virtually blew up. If we've had any complaints, that was probably the point we got them because we do have limitations in terms of how many people we can have on the site at any one time. Up to the very last moment, it was nerve-wracking. It had been very very up to the wire you know we were shoving plants in we were getting last minute deliveries we were trying to figure out how to keep it alive in this very hostile growing situation and then the day the team has been working towards its opening morning we're all waiting on the inside of the gates The team have all got the crisp new National Trust uniform on. It's a gorgeous sunny morning. We've rehearsed our tours. The gardens look great. To see a crowd of people on top of the city and clamouring to get in, it was absolutely momentous. For all of us on that weekend, there was just one big collective intake of breath. Walking up this staircase, I think there's 50 steps in all, but if you're not great on steps, there is a lift. It's summer 2023, a year since opening day. This morning, Dibna Gould is climbing the metal staircase from the street below to the top of the Castlefield Viaduct where she's giving a behind-the-scenes tour before visitors start arriving. And then all of a sudden, you're above the city. You can see the Metrolink, the lovely yellow trams whizzing by. And we're at the gates to Castlefield Viaduct. And we're about to go in. The first thing that they come into is what looks like a gorgeous green outdoor waiting room. We've come onto the wonderful stretch ahead of us. So we've got all sorts of plants and dandelions and you name it, 
thriving here to where we try and recreate the viaduct as it was in the 1890s. And then we move into the secret gardens and a proliferation of green. The walkway leads to a set of distinct mini gardens. These are partner plots, each carefully designed and cultivated by local community groups, highlighting stories from Manchester's past and present. So this is a wonderful organisation called So The City, and on their slot they have got a pond. Two ducks waddled on literally days after this plot was finished and jumped in and had a swim. We call them the viaducts. We've had viaducklings. Other plots are from City of Trees, whose garden showcases a variety of trees significant to Manchester's story. There's Castlefield Forum with their sculptural pocket garden and Hume Community Garden Centre with their edible forest garden. I wanted the garden to be a really practical example of how people can grow in small inner city spaces. Here's Kath Gavin on the surprising foods you can grow in a small urban plot. This is quite a large planter, it's just over a metre square and it contains what's known as an apple tree guild, an arrangement of plants that grow well together and makes the most of a small amount of space. The ground layer is wild strawberry. There's also a hardy kiwi growing up the back. We've got Babington's leek, which is a perennial leek, so it will come back year after year. And then in the centre, we've got the apple tree. And at the back, there's rhubarb. So there's quite a lot going on. It's worth growing things that are maybe expensive in the shops as well. So things like soft fruit. Salad leaves are another really good one. If you're just adding just a few leaves to your meal every day, that can make quite a difference to your diet and to your pocket. It's 11 a.m., which means it's opening time. So now it's time for us to do what we like doing best every day. We're going to throw open our gates to the public and welcome them onto Castlefield Viaduct. This is our third time visiting because my children are six and three and they absolutely love it. They love seeing all the flowers. We just found some mushrooms that we've been looking at and we found some snails in the pond as well. I didn't even know it was here and I was born and bred in Manchester. I just think it's a little oasis in a really busy, overbuilt city. I thought it would be a lot more noisier, but it's quite soothing. Here you could sit here and just listen to the trams and the trains coming past every day. And I think for people's mental health, taking the time to go out, explore new places and just stay away from electronics for a while is really good. You feel a lot more calmer. You go to cities like Paris or New York and Paris has got the Promenade Planté and Brooklyn's got the, I think it's the High Line. And to have something like that in Manchester shows what sort of city it's become. I think it's crucial as like a society to have places like this where people can go to, especially in cities where you don't find a lot of green spaces. By 2023, Castlefield Viaduct has cost £1.8 million from funding and donations that's seen thousands of visitors through its gates. It showcased dozens of community gardens and run a cultural events programme with city skyline views. Public opinion will help gorge the long-term plans for the Castlefield Viaduct, but 
could there be a bigger future for recycling our industrial heritage into something new, green and socially beneficial? There's a massive opportunity to repurpose these historic bits of infrastructure within cities and provide value to the local communities and local places. Anything that can preserve any of the beauty that I remember as a child gets full marks from me. All I can see really is a big thank you to the people of Manchester, Salford and beyond who just come and visited and fed all their ideas in. And because of that, we've got confidence going forward that we will find a permanent future for this viaduct. And that makes me so happy. to this episode of the National Trust podcast. The Castlefield Viaduct Sky Park is extending its pilot programme till summer 2024. If you'd like to find out more, visit the Castlefield Viaduct or donate to the project, please follow the links in this episode's show notes. And if you'd like to be updated with every new episode of the National Trust podcast, please follow us on your favourite podcast app or you can find all our audio programmes at nationaltrust.org.uk forward slash podcasts. For now, from me, Michelle Douglas, goodbye. Goodbye.